Hi, my name is Isabel Barreto and I play Shireen on Zodiac Task Force. And you're listening to Raving Lunatic Media. I'm hearing a lot of tick, tick, ticking, and not a lot of talk, talk, talking. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi melody. Got out. Situation is more than we can handle, planetes. We need help. You mean... Exactly. We must do as Gaia advised. We must combine our powers. Let's do it! Let our powers combine. Melody, symptom 289, Godzilla versus Hedorah. Go Planet! Welcome back, sickies. We are on Monster May, the 70s. And I'm glad to say that we are joined here by our fellow uh, fourth Malady man and kaiju expert, Ethan. I prefer I prefer aficionado. Let's go with that. Aficionado. Yeah. Aficionado. That looks good. That's Expert the, is he's, way he's too much pressure. <laughs> the fifth so, beetle is here. And the fun part is that Thomas and Scott are here this time around, which is always fun because Scott is definitely not a monster movie man. And so between anime and now monster movies... We've been putting him through his... We've been taking him out of his comfort zone, needless to say. So... Well, I just got to tell you. If I, I... I was trying to come around on monster movies, but they went and, and went woke. They went back in time and the woke left got Godzilla. Uh, you know what's funny you say that? Because I was going to... When you texted that... <laughs> I was about to say, for in addition, I was once I got my eyes out of from behind my skull because I rolled them so hard. I was about to say, here, here's a title to make Scott happy: Wokezilla happy. <laughs> but um, yeah, of course we have to do a Godzilla movie. And when I passed this along to Ethan Sickies, I said, okay, we could do Mecha Godzilla. That's a pretty. Um, that's a pretty famous one you know godzilla versus mecha godzilla or whatnot or godzilla versus hidora and ethan shot back yeah mecha godzilla is good but hidora wow that trippiness we got to do that one and i couldn't agree more so here we are doing the triptastic review of godzilla versus hidora or the english title godzilla versus the smog monster Yes, that's the English type. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the tadpole monster better than the smog monster. <laughs> tadpole monsters. Yeah. So basically... It's weird. Basically what happens in this movie is it starts with it right off the ground running from a bunch of pollution in what, Tokyo Bay, comes a tadpole-sized monster that winds up destroying two oil tankers. 
and it's an and it's an aquatic monster that's feeding off pollution and causing destruction in the sea. And a biologist, a marine biologist, gets found by it while he's underwater and gets his face burnt. A lot of, lot of uh, eye damage in this movie, just heads up. <laughs> and then the young boy starts having psychic visions of Godzilla coming to save the day. And what do you know? Godzilla comes to save the day. I should also mention, speaking of saving the day, this film starts with a triptastic, you probably should be using LSD style opening with a song about how the planet's dying and you've got mannequins floating in there, a clock, the obvious symbolism saying we're out of time. Um, yeah. So it's it's yeah, really yeah. the only Godzilla film that ha- actually has a 007 opening title. That's yeah, actually. Not yeah, that, okay. It. I'm not the only one who was thinking that. <laughs> I, I didn't just, think of that, but it's true. I just kept thinking this is the the Japanese version of late '60s Pink Floyd. Hmm. In, in that in that album, you got the guy playing the jazz flute. Don't know if it was Ron Burgundy, but you had like the trippy LSD laser light shows and the the lights to the music. And um, I just kept getting um, Japanese Pink Floyd vibes out of it. Well, and that's for sure, for sure. Throughout this film, you see little seventies type cartoons that are showing what's going to happen next, like Hidora killing people or something it's like i said it's really and in fact there's a concert where when hidora finally learns how goes to his second form which is amphibious he could get on the land um this the the one guy he's at a concert where of course they're singing about pollution again because that's what what you think of in the hippie days when you're at a hippie show dancing out to whatever lsd rock and psychedelic rock. Let's sing about pollution. Yeah. Kids don't pollute. You'll make Godzilla cry. <laughs> yeah. More <laughs> bad. So anyway, we find out that Hidora's sucking pollution out of a out of a factory smokestack. Godzilla's show. Oh, I love that was hilarious. Which empowers him, by the way. And Godzilla shows up, beats the tar out of him. Uh, let's see. He gets away after throwing some sludge in Godzilla's face and burning him. And then eventually gets onto a third form, which looks like a stealth bomber. I kid you not, he looks like a, a what, what, Thomas, helped me out here, the current model of stealth bomber. The, what is it? B2? B2 bomber. Thank you. That's the word, I think. He looks like a B2 bomber as he literally flies around Japan and everywhere he goes, people die. Because he's farting sulfuric acid. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And he can switch between forms. His perfected form is that he can alternate between air, land, and sea pollution. <coughs> That's correct. You heard me right, Sickies. <laughs> air, land, and sea pollution. So, uh, Godzilla... So, they've decided, apparently, that, well, the world's going to end because Godzilla can't stop them, and neither because the military. So, no one, everyone else in the world is just like, oh, no, Hidora's killing Japan, and he's going to come for us next. Guess we're screwed. 
guess the planeteers haven't been around yet. So yeah, this is what caused Gaia to create the rings and form the planeteers. <laughs> you know, I, I do have a question about that. Did, get, did you guys get the impression like the way the singer was singing the song in the nightclub and the themes that were being expressed? Did it not feel like Japan is the only place with living people left? It, it, I, or was that just me? It just felt like the rest of the world was already dead and they were kinda, holding on. Yeah, it might be. I mean, maybe I could, Hidora destroyed everything else. I can see that. Eh? Story-wise, the answer is no, because True. skipping just just um, teasing the trivia, there was supposed to be a sequel set in somewhere in Africa. But the producer wasn't able to do it, got sick or something. So... No, not quite. But I get your point. Because was, how come no one else is responding? Hold on. In in Africa, how are they going to make that work? <laughs> anyway. Uh, it flies in to Africa. Africa. I mean, he is airborne, so why the God's, hell? Godzilla walked under the underwater through the Indian Ocean and the well, Pacific Godzilla Ocean. Swim. Godzilla can to, swim. Godzilla just swam to Africa. <laughs> for the heck of Actually, it. that's feasible to, by Godzilla lore. That's yeah, Godzilla swims. That that mm. one tracks. It's more just why we're getting yeah. close to a, to a voodoo shark or a voodoo Godzilla, if you will. Right, that one. <laughs> so anyway, these people decide to go have a, a a rock concert on Mount Fuji to escape they go to mount fuji to escape hidora where they have decide to have a let's have a rock concert for our last day but wouldn't you know it hidora shows up in godzilla and they get into a fight and godzilla almost wins until he gets shoved in a pit and covered in sludge and then the scientist guy figures out that well hidora if you supercharge him with heat electric energy he'll solidify and turn in a i don't know rock candy so <laughs> They decide to set up these plates, but they got to get them there. And everything's all set up, but then Godzilla and Hidora knock down the power lines. But that's okay, because then Godzilla drags Hidora to the plates, knowing full well what they do, <laughs> brings atomic breath on them, and uh, Hidora gets away. So Godzilla, I kid you not, sickies, flies after him by tucking his tail up and using his atomic breath like a freaking jet engine. Godzilla yeah. showed SpaceX how to get scene. it done. Yes. It's a famous scene. It's, it's been memefied. It, it better have. Because then he drags him back, finishes him off, and... Turns, pounds them into dust, which is hilarious to look at, by the way. And then goes into the sea and gives this, you know, gives a final farewell look to the audience like, don't pollute, give a hoot. While the little kid is off in the camera going, bye Godzilla, camera, you know, that's what they do in these movies. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. If you've seen enough of these monster movies, at the end, there's always a kid or annoying kids going, screaming out the name of said monster and waving. Because somewhere after the 50s, when they were like, hmm, somewhere after the 50s, they were like, geez, the little kids like this. Why don't we make them kid friendly instead of the force of nature's destruction to scare us into you know, awakening, whatever, like the original monster movies. Nope, this is the kid-friendly ones. I was thinking about that. Like, okay, they're all concerned about Hedorah. 
No one seems to care that Godzilla has returned again. It's like they've reached an unofficial understanding with Godzilla that he's going to act as like the fifth branch of the military and well, help them fight the supernatural. By this point in the 70s, though, that's what it was. Godzilla had become a campy little... I mean, it started in the 60s, for sure. He's like but Japan's Tony really Stark. <laughs> took off in the 70s. In the 70s, Godzilla became just a campy, ridiculous, do-whatever-to-get-likes yeah. kind of monster. So... I mean, it'd been campy before, you know. Ethan, you talked about this with King Kong versus Godzilla, um, but even then, it wasn't. Godzilla hadn't full converted into fun kid friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, th- this actually, this movie is kind of a turning point because up to this point, you have had a lot of the the kids. The, the kid-centric stories in the Godzilla movies. And then you even had the son of Godzilla, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that sh- has shown up in the last two or three, I think it was, in the, the very late 60s, 68, 9, something like that. We have a change here with uh, director Bono uh, coming in because he's he's got a, a, a very real-world message that he's trying to deliver. And... Right. And here we're going to switch back to essentially talking to the adults again that are in the movie theater. And that's actually something that's going to carry forward throughout the remainder of these uh, of this era of, of Godzilla. It's it's going to be less kid centric, but you're still going to have that element here, here and there. But, you know, like even later, I forget which one of the uh, Mecha Godzilla movies it even has, uh, you know, shows a woman's you know chest and yeah, that's yeah. not for children <laughs> you know no so yeah there's definitely a change that that's happened here uh with technically with this movie it is for forward. children but well it yeah. is but it became far more <laughs> campy too and it lost a lot of its luster yeah to the point where when we get to next year the 80s the 80s was kind of a all right let's bring it back to form yeah but yeah the, the, you know the 70s did that to a lot of things yeah, sure. <laughs> so we've already, you know, you mentioned um, that was a, a good piece of trivia there, Ethan. Uh, and you mentioned Yoshimitsu Bano, the director. He, if you're kind of making a joke about the the costume or the eyes, or you know, Godzilla rips the eyes out of Hidora, why it looked kind of dumb. It's because he has on a rush production with a way smaller budget. He had 35 days to shoot the entire thing, and he only had one crew. They really undercut him mm-hmm. quite a lot. Um, and, uh, in fact, the actor inside the costume, uh, I believe, you know, I think he actually, he might have broken it. I'm not, I don't remember that. But I knew, though, there's a myth there's a myth that uh, the actor who played Hidora had appendicitis on set. And the surgeon arrived and had to do surgery while he was in the suit because it would take too long to get out. This is half true. He did, a surgeon did arrive and take care of him, but he was able to get the set, the suit off because one, the suit wasn't that hard to get on. And second, there were no incisions. So, did that happen? Yeah, but they blew it out of proportion. Um, There's a kernel like I, of truth in the legend. Yeah, sure. Uh, 
Uh, I did mention that the sequel is supposed to be set in Africa, but uh, the producer... Um, oh, what was it? The producer... Well, a sequel set in Africa, but the series producer, Tomoyuki Tanaka, who had been was hospitalized during production, found out the movie didn't do that well and told Bono that you ruined the Godzilla series. It's over. We're not doing anymore. But then, of course, uh, Bono disputed that, saying Tanaka never got mad at him and approved of the idea, but the studio wanted the final cut. So... There's some discussion on had there was there going to be a sequel or not. Don't know. Um, but it did, obviously Tanaka didn't think that it was over. The series was over because after that he greenlit uh, Godzilla versus Gigan. So obviously that didn't happen. In fact, the scene where Godzilla does his famous flying, there were that was supposed there were two scenes that was filmed in two different ways. That was filmed by him running on foot and the the breath weapon jet engine. And they decided to go with that because they thought such a dark movie needed a comical moment. Yeah. Sure. Sa- same as him dabbing in the earlier movies. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Thank you. That, oh, you know, I that's forgot what I about thinking. that. Yes. Japanese, the Japanese <laughs> jump dab. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh. It returns in a different form. How did yeah. I forget? <laughs> and thankfully, it's the only movie where he does that, but still. Um, yeah, that, so like many Godzilla films, this does have a strong social message to attach to it. But no one is exactly sure who came came up with it. There's a lot of debate whether... It was Tanaka or the producer. Again, one of those things that we'll never know because they're both dead. <laughs> um, and, of course, the last one I'll give. Uh, two more. Why not? One is that Hidora is not a pollution monster. He's a space monster that feeds on pollution. Yep. That, that Puts him out of Captain Planet's wheelhouse. I guess so. What? And uh, final thing, this was Roger Ebert's favorite Godzilla movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. No accounting for I know, taste. Right? I, I, I mean, okay, why not? So I, I'll add one more thing if you if you're done no, with please with please, yours. Go for uh, it. I just uh, Yoshimitsu Bano, director writer for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also was a producer, consulting producer on the current iteration of the Godzilla movies that have been coming out lately. He, he worked for uh, on the Godzilla 2014, uh, King of the Monsters, and Godzilla vs. Kong before his death in, uh, I believe it was 2018. But uh, yeah, he, oh. he consulted on all of those movies as well. He did not... Yeah, well, and they, like I said, he did not kill the franchise at all. Uh, he came back quite a bit, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I guess that just opens up the floor to rips and picks because um, actually before we get into rips and picks I've got one interesting note just an interesting note I've seen and that is I noticed that all kaiju or most kaiju that is tend to come from the sea and I'm wondering if that has to do with a Shinto tradition that all gods in life came from the sea 
as well as the end of the world coming from the sea. So I'm wondering if that's if that's just a cultural note. Is it accidental? Is it something that they believed and they just kind of latched on to and ran with it? Um, just an interesting observation I finally came up with after seeing all these movies all these years that everything divine or powerful or what have you comes from the sea. And since Japan is a an archipelago everything they believe in that they're relying upon the sea but also the sea creates a lot of destruction for them so just just a thought just something I observation this has been Mark's deep thoughts <laughs> I, I was due I guess I, yeah, I, th- I think it's just them. a matter of whether they intended it or not it's just it's in the culture and so basically that's, that's yeah. what's gonna happen basically so with that in mind, let's open it up to rips and picks. And my first rip, I am going to give this thing minus two points immediately for showing a kitty and a baby drowning in sludge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw that, those two things, minus two, you went from, like, if we just assume every movie starts at a 10 before watching it, it immediately dropped to an eight just by that. All right, you're calling Without even finishing. You're calling that a rip. I'm calling it a pick because you know Andy Warhol got away with stuff like that for a long time. I'll bet he did, but I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that I don't know. Just looking at that was bugged me. It was just like Ugh, <laughs> I don't. I, I get what they were doing there, and it was trying to be shocking, but shock it did, and a disapproval I give. So I'll start with a pick. I love in the final fight with Hedorah that um, after, you know, he's been electrocuted, Godzilla basically punches through him to, I guess he's supposed to be pulling out like the heart or something, but he pulls out two balls. <laughs> and I all was. I can think of watching this, got you by the balls now, don't I, Hedorah? And then crushes him. <laughs> I just love that. I thought that was amazing. Not just, wrong. Yep. <laughs> I, I got another rip, actually. So, Godzilla, and I can't remember, maybe, Ethan, you remember, Godzilla versus Megalon. Megalon, Megalodon. Was that after this or before this? I think it was after. Megalon, I believe, is after, yes. Okay. Is this the first time? No, it's not the first time that the monsters communicated with each other. No, we we saw that in um, Godzilla versus um, uh, the first time Kidora, yeah, attacked. Yeah, in uh, uh, when he was monster. Yeah, Monster X. The, the yeah, where Monster yeah, X is introduced. Yeah, which is we reviewed that last year, and I don't know if I ripped it then, but I'm ripping it now. The sign language with Hidora. And aside from the fact, the ridiculousness of them doing that, there's also the fact that it looked exactly like... Anybody see the movie Congo? <laughs> you have the gorilla uh, wish, that could use... I, I oftentimes wish I could forget <laughs> that, that I had seen that movie. Yeah. The, the gorilla that could use sign language. And it did the same three arm movements. And somehow the computer knew it was saying things like, Amy, want martini? Tickle, Amy. Amy, want you to go away. Go away, ugly gorilla. It's like, you're doing the same three hand movements. 
And yeah. this is exactly what it looked like to me. It's like, if you are making me think of Congo, you are failing. <laughs> I'm glad you ripped this, because all I could think of is that it was like a <laughs> dance-off, but like an interpretive yes. <laughs> dance-off. <laughs> like, are you guys going to fight, or have you decided to solve this, you know, with a dance contest? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to jump in here with, with let's, I've got several. Let's start with a rip. The first rip I'm going to go with is the ooze monster brought a a kitty to the nightclub after we had just seen a scene where the sludge came came in contact with a bunch of card playing men and instantly killed them. So how does it bring the kitty into the (laughs) nightclub? Why does it bring the kitty into the nightclub? And how is the kitty not dissolved and dead? I'm just when everyone else was there's a rip. It's Gary Seven's cat from Star Trek. Well, there's also the <laughs> it's the, the fact that kitty. it just manages to like melt steel structures without a problem sometimes. But the kitty, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The I okay. This is not a rip. This is a fun fun point that made me laugh. The professor that said Hidora's like no other life forms on Earth. <laughs> wow, professor. Good thing we got you to explain this. <laughs> Hey, could you could you maybe you could solve this other problem for us? We're trying to figure out if water's wet. Nope. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of that one, Mark, because um, honestly, and, and this is this is kind of a pick for me because when they're trying to figure out what Hedora is, they also have the question, "Where's Hedora from?" And it, this one's this one's for you, Scott. I know where he's from because we have seen this in Star Trek. He's from Vegra too. Where Hedora was known as Armus. Ah. If you can name that episode. Yeah, that's that's the one where uh, Tasha dies and Skin of Evil. Yes, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. I think it's episode like 22 or 23 of season one. Yeah, I I instantly, instantly, when I'm seeing Hedora on screen coming out of the water and and the the dark skinned, you know, sludge, I'm like, yeah, I saw this in Star Trek. Okay, okay, okay. interesting. Okay, that's a good pull. That's a good pull. You know what I thought it was, Scott, when he was said Pollution Planet? I was like, Gaty Prime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's actually the Baron in his natural form. Baron Harkonnen (laughs) said it in the past. (laughs) <laughs> his wasting disease has progressed to this <laughs> oh, oh man you guys are you're gonna have you have to come up with more than a trifecta now because if you get dune <laughs> references out of this you're you're doing well you're doing really well Well, there is one more he could have also come from raxus prime the garbage planet of star wars <laughs> or sometimes also ord mantel which is maybe that's why the bounty hunter where bounty uh han solo encountered the bounty hunter mentioned in empire maybe they were on Ford Mantel trying to weaponize Hidora, you know, against the Empire. I don't know, or take him down so that so that Ord Mantel would join the rebellion. We're not sure. You need to stop now, Mark, because Filoni <laughs> may be taking notes. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that's a good idea. I know, Ahsoka can go there. Ah, there's Ahsoka again. The Ahsoka and the Mandalorians. Yep. Anyone else you want to play it? Nope, just the Mandalorians. Got it. Okay. <laughs> So, I noticed also that the teacher, so you have that uh, uh, aerobics class outside, and Hidora flies over and kills every kid. 
Except the teacher. The teacher's out. Yeah. Yeah, that was odd. That was odd. Yeah. Very poisonous gas, except Aye. when it's not. Yeah. And then, of course, the little kid, when he sees all those people dying, he's fine. He's fine. Oh, and watching people dissolve into skeletons, he takes that pretty well, too. To quote John Candy from Home Alone, eh, kids are resilient. <laughs> they bounce back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No trauma to carry forward on that one. All right. The kid's uncle is uncle of the year material. They take him to an amusement park by the sea. They're sure he's going to be safe because it's a sunny day. Hedorah won't adapt. And then the kid gets off the roller coaster screaming that Hedorah is coming and runs away. And instead of running after him, goes, there's no way to keep up. And just lets the kid have the run of the amusement park. And then Hedorah does attack. And they just drive home. He'll figure yeah. it out on his own. What are, you, where, are you not concerned about your nephew? Who you lost and you left the amusement and park without your time. nephew? Well, I'm just sitting here like, uh, what? <laughs> like... The parents, the parents are no better, okay? Which leads me to my next rip, which makes me even more annoyed. Hedorah's going to destroy the planet. Your dad, the professor, your, your brother, you know, has basically said, yeah, we've got one chance to stop him or else we're screwed. And, the, and Uncle's solution here is Hippie Jam Band, Woodstock 2, Party a go go, one million kids will show up because we're going to stop Adora with the power of love manifested through the music of a hippie jam band. That wasn't it, the goal. That the goal was, hey, we got good energy and the world's about to end. Let's just use it. Yeah. yeah. Let's send that and out to the universe. My, our good my energy notes, will solve this. My it's, note. Uh, my, I'm glad you mentioned that because my notes were random psychedelic concert <laughs> appeal to those hippies. And then, and then I watched them make that big bonfire, and all I could think of was, do you know the carbon okay. footprint yes. of that bonfire? Thank you. And I what was you're doing? Like, uh, we, I'm sorry. What are we trying to attract it by giving more pollution? But I'm just, I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, this, the world is ending. Let's have a rock concert. And uh, mom lets her 10-year-old son just go. Oh, I'm worried. He's having a Fuji with, with, uh, with your brother who left him at the amusement park in the last Adora attack. How'd you ever let yeah, him take him somewhere wrong. ever again? You, you know what? I'm determined between the cartoon and the psychedelic everything else and the uncle and the way what kids are going, this kid is going through. How are kids from the 70s not messed up? I mean, shouldn't they all be certified to some degree? Uh, well, they, they, they did raise millennials. No, you're, you're absolutely right, Mark. They were, and then the 80s hit, and cocaine became popular. That's how and they dealt that, with it. And that is a heck of a drug, I've been told. So, <laughs> Yep, and the result of the 70s and 80s were millennials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap, I just insulted a huge part of our audience. <laughs> No, but I, I I appreciated that too, Scott, because I mean it's like all right, Earth is dead. Let's party. Uh, is, right. is the note well, that I put down. You, but you know it, what? In reality, I feel like yeah, it, it, if that was really oh, yeah, the case, yeah. you know, there's that contingent of the population, usually amongst that's, the young. You right, have that's that, exactly what they're going to do. Ancient Greece with uh, oh, not the cynics, but whoever else that had the idea of eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. So mm-hmm. that's yep. not new. 
Yeah. Well, but it still looks interesting nonetheless when you're like, wow, Hedora's coming to kill you. And you're like, hey, man, let's have a groovy, jazzy, psychedelic concert while the energy's high. There is never uh-huh. anything in, in any series that you're, that you're trying to be serious about where hippie jam band works. I'm just thinking of Star Trek TOS, The I Way to Eden, where just Spock joins into a hippie jam band sing-along. And Chekhov gets sucked in. And they have Star Trek's a- trying to... We're cool. We get the counterculture of the 60s. Look, Spock's jamming with the hippies. We're not going to say it's groovy. We're going to say, that sounds, man. Herbert! I reach. I reach. I reach you. But what, uh, it never works. What, what did they call Kirk? What were they Herbert. calling him? Herbert, Herbert, yeah. Oh man, I will. I've only seen that episode once, but it was so memorably just different. a fantastic use of a bicycle wheel as a musical instrument. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Is that what that was? I That's don't know. Oh, man. How about how about the beginning of this movie? Hey, honey, I'm gonna take our eight, ten year old son down to the ocean. And I'm going to scuba dive for a couple hours and leave him out in the rocks <laughs> with a giant butcher knife to cut muscles yeah. off of the rocks. Well, Nothing can go wrong here. If I'm not <laughs> well, back, I'll be part. back in two hours. What if you're not back in two hours, Dad? Uh, <laughs> walk home? Assume I'm dead? <laughs> sure enough, Hedora right attacks. <laughs> I think that was after. I think that was after the thing jumped yeah, up uh, out of the sea and split the ships It hasn't jumped out now. of the sea yet, but yes, it's yeah. splitting ships and open. Yeah, There's a sea monster on the loose. All right, son, you stay I here on the rocks go, while I scuba dive. <laughs> I go scuba dive looking for it. Don't worry. Nothing can go wrong. Yeah, about that. <laughs> also, got- again, my favorite thing in kaiju movies and movies of, of the 50s and 60s, the ultimate authority on everything is Professor the military is taking orders from this random professor to yep. use all their um, resources to set up the electrodes. He gets out of the car. First off, he's in the back of the car like he's got a mortal wound when half of his face was burned by acid a few weeks ago and it's wrapped up. I, it's pretty painful. But like he's he's on his back immobilized like it was his legs that were broken and he can't walk. His it's wife a is concerned. Wagon. Right. <laughs> the family station wagon. His wife is a uh, stop working on Hedora until your face heals. Honey, it's never going to heal. It's been burned by acid. It's going to be horribly disfigured forever. Rest, no rest, work, sleep. That's not healing. It's just to the point that you can take that wrapping off. Um, but gets out of the car and the general salutes the professor and basically yields command to him. I don't see a general of the army saluting a professor of biochemistry from Stanford. Actually, Scott, there is really a a standard. See, the JDF invented a new military rank called professor. (laughs) (laughs) Trump's everything. Yeah, absolutely. I do frequently say I like to have a lot of sci in my sci-fi. Um, I just prefer it if it's a little bit higher grade than fifth or sixth, you know, because that were there was a lot of fifth grade, sixth grade science yeah. experimentation going on in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't just work like that where you run into each other and combine into a joint. What you're telling me? It doesn't. <sighs> a bunch of tadpoles born of pollution just come together to form a space monster. Yeah, tadpoles <laughs> okay. made solely of minerals. That can yep. move and swim and are flexible, but are made of rock. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, I, the science in this was horrible. A little bit. A little bit. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my last two here that I've got written down. Um, it's a pick. Uh, we alluded to it earlier, and I just want to call out again: Hedora taking a massive <laughs> bong hit off the smokestack. I mean, that was oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. And then also, it's kind of a pick and a rip. The prophecy that they uh, they foretold the great floating island of garbage. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's wrong. a real thing in the Pacific now. So, but we got yep. to see it on screen here. It's true. But they, but they also have the kid being psychic. It's like, ooh, psychic powers now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, before you had to be irradiated to get that. Now, just be a kid who doesn't like pollution a lot, I guess. Yeah. Man, yeah, I've never met a second grader or a third grader who's writing essays like that about pollution that they've got being read, too, man. These kids are passionate. Well, I mean... I guess there's the the activist who has been like fighting against climate change since she's been like seven, but um, mostly yeah, but also, kids I think don't more, you know. It, I think more kids would be as passionate as her if you told them that Godzilla was real and helping fight it. That's yeah, possible. I mean, if you had gone, if you had gone to eight year old Rage Master and said, "Here's why you should write against pollution," because if you do, Godzilla is going to show up and do something cool. Oh man, I am on that. Like white on rice in a paper place and a glass of milk in the middle of a snowstorm. So. I mean, I, I guess, you know, we did all write letters to Santa Claus when we thought it was going to get us uh, Christmas exactly. gifts every year. So, yeah. Any more notes before we rate this mm. thing? Nah, it, it, it's a Godzilla. It's a campy Godzilla. Oh, Yes, yeah. yes, wait. It's Hedora, and Godzilla's fighting him. Let's get closer. No, no. Let's get as far away as we freaking can. It's Godzilla and Hedora fighting. Also, why doesn't the massive um, drying, frying, electrical discharge of 300 million volts damage Godzilla in the slightest? Okay, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, because now that I remember that, yeah, I notice he's just standing there like, Meh. Well, minerals. Hedora, on the other hand, man. I do love I mineral. I do I, love the eye roll that Godzilla gives when uh, what now we blew a fuse and Godzilla just eye rolls like I got to do this myself again. It breathes the atomic breath on the on the electrode, and they literally I, I, have Godzilla eye roll. <laughs> I think it is so funny when Godzilla is pounding the ground, turning him into dust because it just looks funny. Like he's doing a temper tantrum. Exactly. Like he's bent, a guy in a suit bending over and throwing a temper tantrum because the director said, you got to wear it for one more hour. All I wanted to do today, all I wanted to do today, Hedora, was spend some time under the sea in my cave with my offshore wife and junior. I've got some parenting to do. The wife's been nagging me to clean up the cave. I've got the addition that's got to go on. And I mean, there's some landscaping to do. But no, you just got to come here and be a jerk off and try to destroy the world and feed in the pollution. And you spit in my eye and I don't have an eye now. And I'm going to go home and crap about that. We got a son now, Godzilla. You got to think about yourself. You can't go fighting monsters all the time time. You have responsibilities as a father, Godzilla. Hadar, you put me through all of this. Do you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm not even going to be sleeping in the cave. I'm going to be sleeping in the shelf on the outside of the cave because I violated the rules. I haven't been there to raise my son for the last two weeks. <laughs> I, you are, I know you're dead, but I'm going to make you feel this. <laughs> Essentially. 
Scott, you're going to have to be the Rage Master pretty soon. <laughs> I'm the Rant Master. Do that rant Master. The Rant Master. The Rant Master. There we go. So, although that that's a that's a title that can be juggled. Some depends on what film, but. One day when Thomas and I finally get around to Halo, I suspect that the rage is coming from him. The worst of it. Yeah, you hear that? Hear that growl, sickies? Yeah, we are going to do the Halo series, and most of the angst is coming from Thomas. That'll be the the hate master. Yeah. Now, does that mean I like the Halo series? Well, let's see. Um, No. No. No, that's how I felt about it. But... Don't uh, Thomas has some me. stronger Why feelings. Why did you than remind me? You so. meanie. <laughs> so, anywho, sorry. sorry. Most shows try to hide their bitterness. We just are right out with it. We've got the rage master, <laughs> the rant master, and the hate master here talking about sci-fi. <laughs> yep. I'll give you one so, clue as to what we think of this. <laughs> so, uh, let's get into rating this thing. How many? Uh, let's see. Uh, how many? <laughs> sludge kitties sludge ki- no no nah, how many so much butter sludge tadpoles I don't know <laughs> yeah no no not really how many how many how many smog monsters that's the okay. English title how many smog monsters do you give this thing? Uh, okay I'll start all right I give it a five out of ten. It's it's fine. There's some entertaining moments. Um, some things I laughed at. I didn't feel that I wasted you know an hour and twenty five minutes of my life. It was well paced. Um, the action ramped up. You could see the solution coming. Um, and and ultimately, you know, yeah, it was a little campy. And there's some really bad parenting and terrible science. But it's a it's a kaiju monster movie. You got to see Godzilla do his thing. Godzilla wins as he's supposed to. And triumphantly uh, lurches back into the sea. Uh, to, to me, it's a thoroughly average, fine, okay monster movie outing. Um, All right. I'll Anyone go. else next? It's Godzilla. I mean, it's not bad in any stretch of imagination because Godzilla's Godzilla. I mean don't know how else to put it you walk if you're watching a Godzilla film you kind of have to expect some campiness and it was here I mean yeah it was entertaining it was definitely fun so I'm not upset by any stretch of imagination though so I would give it a 7 out of 10 alright Alright, Ethan? I, <clears throat> you know, there was some things about this movie that are really hit and miss. You know, you mentioned the psychic connection that the kid has with Godzilla. They don't really explain that. They, they kind of don't have to, because they've it's out of left field, and that's how a lot of things happen in these Godzilla films, at least in the last several years. Um, there, there are some moments of inactivity, like moments where Hedorah's just standing there staring at the army, and the army's staring back at him. And that felt like it went on for a couple of minutes. And, and so there, it felt like there were times when they didn't use the action that were there for to see the monsters fighting. They didn't really use it to the, the best of their ability. 
but there were other things that did work uh the animated vignettes i thought those were pretty cool that was different than what we've seen and godzilla at times is at its best and we've talked about it in the past past episodes if there's a real world problem and godzilla is able to tell the story and draw attention to it then that's times when godzilla is works really well here the you know the the theme is environmentalism and it comes at a time when you know there were people in major metropolitan cities that you know really couldn't breathe because of asthma because of the levels of pollution that were happening you know rivers in ohio were catching fire there was all these things that were happening around the same time and so while the movie does feel heavy-handed with it um you also think about the time in which it was made and it might seem ridiculous to us now but you know weird things were happening back then so all of this has stuff that really should work with it but then you know there's flying godzilla and you know bad parenting and things of that like and so even though it has that strong message it can't it doesn't really get out of its own way it feels like and so i'm gonna give this one a five five out of ten we're never ever going to get over calling nope. the fire department to put out the Cuyahoga River, are we? It's just never, never going to be forgotten. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> Scott, I was living in Czech Republic. My roommate was Dutch, and when I told him I was from Cleveland, he went, "Oh, didn't you have that river that caught on fire?" <laughs> Dude, so that was we years ago. The only ones. <laughs> But it's the one we remember. I heard about that. I heard about that. What was that river called? No, no, it caught on fire. I've seen the pictures. I'm like, how? The Kiwahuga? Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, everybody knows about it. The Kiowa? That's the one one that showed up in my textbook when I was in, you know, in a little rural Arkansas school. So, yeah, y'all are on the map for that one. We're never going to live it down. (laughs) Anyway, so. Okay, so this is a Godzilla movie, and I'm always down for it. Every Godzilla movie is going to start off at five, just because of that. All right, just because of its mere existence, it starts off at five. If there are good fights and good model destruction, it gets a point right off the rip. So when you think about it, it's going to be a six. Most Godzilla movies are going to get a six just because. And this one does have a good message. I mean, this was a real problem at that time, so it gets a point for that. But all the other... And and I am... I do like looking at that campy, psychedelic, trippy stuff. It's just so iconic, even if it's not for me. So that gives it a little bit of a point. But sludge kitty, sludge baby aside, it comes with all the other rippage that we gave it. So this is going to put it at a six or a seven for me on any given moment. (laughs) Would I watch this again? Yes. Yes, I would. In fact, I've seen it many a time, much like any other Godzilla movie. But is it one of the better ones? No, but that's okay. It it was worth my time and sickies. I would recommend if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. It's definitely of its time and definitely worth a watch. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, and with that in mind, if you're done watching giant monster movies you can also, and need something else to do, you could tune in to previous episode of Sci-Fi Malady on our webpage, which you'll get in a second. You can also go on to Spotify. In addition to listening to Sci-Fi Malady, you could listen to our episodes of Zodiac Task Force. We've got 
a few, uh, we were calling them Lost Transmissions episodes that just came out recently. We're going to have a new episode coming out soon for the regular main story arc. You also can look forward to our new series, The Janitor, where we go through each state in the U.S. and talk about some of the urban legends and more scary stories in that era. Um, hopefully when we get to Missouri, we'll tap in, or, or you said Arkansas, we could do Arkansas too. We'll tap into Ethan's accent for that one. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how he feels about that. Um, <clears throat> uh, and we also have uh, Why You Should. If you're interested in wondering, if you want to get started in anime and you're not sure where you should get started, you can find out by checking out <laughs> Why You Should. Insert bumper here, Rock Horse Earlier. And also, Ethan, what do you got going on in your neck of the woods? Well, when I'm not review, reviewing monster movies over here on Sci-Fi Malady and trying to get in on Star Trek discussions with you guys, um, check me out over on the Wannabe Network. I've just launched a new podcast over there, kind of taking over from the old age of geek. It's called Ge Geekly Retrospect. It's, you know, geek and geek-adjacent topics through the lens of uh, a certain perspective. So uh, it should be premiering over on the Wannabe Network uh, sometime this week or next week. Yeah, just go check it out. We're on Spotify and YouTube. Want to be network oh, geekly retrospect? All right. Cool. All right, something to check out. And of course, if you ever want to leave any comments, you can do it at our Discord page, Raving Lunatic Media, or you can also go to at www.ivegotsludgeinmike. Yo, ravinglunaticmedia.com, ravinglunaticmedia.com, ravinglunaticmedia.com. Ragemaster. What's left for them to do? Stay sick, sickies. 